Episode 65, Hannah Simon of Respects. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization. And today I'm chatting with Hannah Simon of Respects. Now, Respects is an amazing organization that I started volunteering with and collecting for. I not only collect glasses for Respects when I'm decluttering with clients, but I also put my design skills to use and help Respects with some promotional designs when they need it. I met Hana after I had been working with a client and had collected about five pairs of glasses. I did a Google search for glasses donation in Israel, and because this is common in the U.S., I thought it must exist in Israel, and sure enough, I came across Respects, and I contacted Hana, and things took off from there. Hana was born in Australia and has a strong background in media and editing. She's been involved in various charitable projects since 1998, which gave her the tools for founding Respects in 2008. Prompted to action by the unnecessary wastage of eyeglasses and the worrying statistics of Israel's growing poor, Hana sought to address the matter by collecting pre-loved and surplus frames and channeling them to the underprivileged. Hana founded Respects Frames for the Needy and currently serves as the CEO. Welcome, Hana Simon. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm great, and I'm so glad you are here with us today. I've been dying to get you on because I think that your organization is so fantastic, and I think everybody should know about how to donate old or unused supplies that they have in their home. So, Hannah, if you could tell us how Respects got started. I read something about uh, you started collecting toys and games, and then you moved on to glasses, but how did you get from collecting toys and games to eyeglasses? Okay, great question. Okay, so uh, it's, it began many years ago, and I just saw the wastage of toys and games and all things connected to children and babies and toddlers. Um, and so I said, you know what, I can collect this for people in need. And it was literally um, spread the word around to friends and, and people and say, you know what, I'm collecting toys and games for people in need. You know, have you got, are you clearing out your closets? Can you, you donate? So that's how it started. And it even went as far as sometimes I would see that someone like put out a, a nice crib on the sidewalk or a, uh, or a high chair. And I would literally put that in my car <laughs> and take that to areas of where people were in need. And this was a real uh, help for them. Um, what you need when you deal with something like that is a lot of space because if you have like 500 items, which is what I, I was, I was I had hundreds and hundreds of items, you need a lot of space to store that. And we also mm -hmm. lived in, a, um, in an apartment on the third floor with no elevator. So it was always like walk up, slip up the stairs <laughs> and slip up down the stairs and right. carry all this stuff. And then it became so, like a family hobby that we would sort out the stuff and we would um, check that everything, every part and piece was there and everything worked and everything else. And then I, would, I started, it was really a hobby. I started contacting the companies and saying, hey, I'm collecting these games 
games for people in need, but this, but I received this um, game and it's missing parts. Can you help? And they started helping. So I think that That's shocked amazing. me. <laughs> it really was. And I think that shocked me into realizing, oh my gosh, if you just explain what the cause is, then people really come forward. Um, and at the time when I think I and my family realized this was way, way too big and um, too big literally, you just need so many logistics. Um, you, you need to solve so many logistics issues with the, with such something so big. Mm-hmm. At the same time that that was happening, I had this random conversation. Really, it's 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 it was so random that it's funny now in retrospect. It was a random conversation where I was speaking to my niece who was about fifteen or sixteen at the time, and she was here from Australia, and she would mention that when she goes back, she's getting new glasses. That was all it was, and I said to her, "Oh, what do you?" So, so I, how does that work? And she said, "Well, I get I have private health coverage, so once a year I get a pair. Of, I get a pair of glasses." I said, wow. "That's interesting. What do you do with the old glasses?" And then light bulb, just like that. Um, I said, "Oh my gosh, we could collect that for people in need." Um, so that's really it. Started from a random idea, not connected to anything, and I phased out the toys because uh, toys and games because I just did not have storage space, and I realized, "Oh my gosh, five hundred pairs of glasses is a bag or two bags and that's it <laughs> takes up a so, lot of space <laughs> it takes up a lot less space and you're you're big on the on spacer savings right. so you understand i totally um, understand yeah and so um at the time i had absolutely no concept of what it was that i was about to collect i just she spread the word around on her university campus and i started spreading the word around and i thought I was going to collect used frames. That's what I thought it was going to be. Okay. Um, and um, I, I, what I didn't expect was that there are tons and tons of surplus stock, um, oh, which could also be tapped into as a great resource. And we are many, many, many thousands of frames uh, later. We're about 30,000 frames later. And I think wow. the majority of what we have is actually uh, surplus stock. Oh, Okay. So that was the beginning of the idea. Okay. Um, what kind of frames can you recycle though? Okay. Um, basically anything in good condition. Okay. Uh, let me, let me point out, we are talking about frames only. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll address the lenses in a second, but the, okay. the frames themselves, as long as they're in good, good, good condition, then we can find um, a, a someone in need who could benefit from them. Um, unfortunately, and I think this is an important point, um, you know how often we, we empty out our closets and uh, do our spring cleaning and then donate bags and bags of clothing for, you know, to the local charity. Right. Um, and a lot lot of us tend to also throw in there whatever and let the <laughs> let the volunteers sort them out and I right. think it's the same thing here we do tend to have to sort out a lot of the junk from what you know from what people um, send uh, or donate um, we really do need um, frames in good condition okay. um, so uh, you know uh, you know with all the willing in the world and, and, and we do understand the benefit of recycling and, and using something that can be salvaged but if it's if let me let me give an example of what I mean okay if it's made of plastic supposing the frame is made of plastic okay okay so Plastic tends to, over time, get hard and brittle, okay? okay? So if that's the case, it couldn't be used for somebody else because it won't, it won't, it just, it, it, we can't even put 
lenses in. Um, it could be that the plastic frame is bitten on the ends because some people tend to put their frames in their okay. mouth and right. bite on the ends. Anything like that, anything that shows sign of usage, we couldn't use, unfortunately. Okay. Um, uh, if it's metal, sometimes metal has a coating. It could be a colored coating. So you have a pair of glasses made of metal and they're blue, let's say. Okay. So that's got a coating and sometimes that coating is peeled. And much as we'd love, love to save that, but unfortunately, we really do value the self-respect of a person in need, and the and um and they also have a fashion sense. So you know, um, or they really have to get a a product in good condition so that it's number one worth relensing, uh, re and number two so that they feel good about themselves and don't Correct. walk around looking like they're wearing somebody else's old hand, you right, know, right. hand-me-downs. Right. So, so that's generally what we mean when we say good condition. But even if the frames are not in great condition, can you salvage any part of them? It's a difficult question to answer. What I would say is anyone interested in donating from abroad should definitely take this in mind, should definitely have this in mind that they should only think of collecting or sending something in great condition. When we get donations here, yes, we do sort them out. Yes, we do say sometimes, okay, we could save the nose pads on this, but the actual frame is, itself is not good. Mm -hmm. But in a, for, as a general answer, there aren't too many parts and pieces we could save and salvage mm -hmm. if the frame is not in good condition. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. And what about the lenses? Okay. So the lenses, right. So um, we take pride in the fact that a person who is in need um, deserves, deserves number one, self-respect, but also deserves to have customized, brand new, unscratched lenses for themselves that are tailor-made for their eye needs okay mm -hmm. so that what it means is that the lenses themselves don't really have a recycling value in so far as can we use them for another person in need no we can't let me explain a little bit what that means okay when you have a pair of glasses and, and, and many of the listeners here will know what I'm talking about you will have um, perhaps a prescription with one eye with one uh, number and then the other eye and with another number. One eye might have a cylinder, one, uh, an astigmatism, one eye might not. Um, in the majority of cases, people have different, two different eyes, two different prescriptions, that means. Right. Okay. They also, um, the, they also might have a different facial, a facial, they have different facial dimensions. So one person might have, have a very wide face, another person might have a narrow face. So if you wanted to suppose that theoretically use those lenses for somebody else, number one, you would have the extreme, extreme, unlikely difficulty of, of a challenge of, of being able to to match up that person's prescription to another person's prescription. Not only that, but supposing the person had a very wide face, the lenses in his glasses are tailor-made so that each lens will be um, focused directly facing his pupils. To mm -hmm. try and use those lenses for somebody else would be next to impossible because the other person might, even if you matched, um, which is a needle and a haystack, if you match their prescriptions, um, the, 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 possibly the likelihood that, that he would have the exact same shape of face, therefore the exact same distance between his pupils, the likelihood of finding that is, is one in many millions. Uh -huh. So unfortunately, we cannot save the lenses. Okay. Um, you know, you know, 
Um, there's also a coating. Lenses come with coatings, so right. they would have to be in pristine condition. They would have to be unscratched. There are so many variables and factors that it, it, it's really next to impossible to find a, 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 a suitable purpose for old lenses okay. other than re recycling them. What okay. I can say, is, okay. uh, just as a sideline, is on occasion we've, had, we've participated in different fairs like recycling fairs and sustainability fairs and we have actually used lenses as an arts and crafts project um, with, the, with the kids who attend. So, but, uh, but insofar as using them for a person in need, unfortunately, the lenses right. themselves uh, you know, cannot. I feel like you could make like good like uh, light catchers with like mobiles with the yes. lenses. That would be awesome yes. too. Totally. So now you know you could collect them and send them to a local gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No kidding, but we do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, some of some of the labs that we work with send the orders back to us in little boxes. So we also donate those to Ghanim as well. Oh, so we, we try awesome. and use what we can. We try and use, you know. Great. Um, tell us, Hana. How are you different from other organizations that collect glasses? Okay. I know that there are some international organizations that operate um, generally in Western countries where they collect the, the glasses, frames, lenses and all, and send them to, to developing countries, uh, which goes through a massive sorting project uh, with some of those organizations. The the recipient, country, recipient organization actually pays for the shipping and other expenses entailed. Okay, with regards to us, we are the only organization that uh, operates like this in Israel, the only one. Um, one of the organizations I mentioned, I uh, referred to a minute ago was the Lions organization. Right. They have been, they are a very large organization internationally and have been operating for decades collecting um, glasses for people in need in the developing countries. Um, the, when I first founded this organization, my first point of call was actually to find out what else was offered in this country, what else was being collected, what else was being provided for people in need. Um, so I did contact the Lions organization, um, and they have several clubs in here in Israel. And there, and when I spoke to them, what they had been doing was collecting glasses here not even sorting them out, but shipping them, believe it or not, to America and Canada, where they were then sorted and then shipped a second time to developing countries in Africa That's and crazy. Asia. And it was crazy. That's crazy. Okay. At the time that I contacted them, they said, well, their shipping costs had gone up so significantly that it wasn't paying any of them to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad they figured that out. <laughs> um, and I said, look, you know, we've got, is anyone addressing the needs of people, of people in need here? And they said, no. And I said, well, we collect, you know, uh, the glasses. So they, they, you know, gave us tons and tons of, of cartons of uh, crates of, of glasses that have been collecting, collected and sitting in, in the dust for quite a few years. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, and so and and many of which were really not even worth shipping. If they had only if they had shipped them, I think they would have been the recipient in the in the North America would have been quite shocked as to what was being received. But uh -huh. I, I think it was a case of well-intentioned people not quite understanding um, um, how best to maximise the. Um, the monetary angle of it all, one has to, you know, provide glasses for people in need in the most cost-effective way, but also you know, the benefit for the person in need and what, what they really needed. And, you know, I think they didn't understand and weren't addressing that. So we were there at the right time. And uh, so we are really the only one who operates like this in Israel. Um, 
at all that I, that I know of. Um, and you know, I often, I I do speak sometimes to school groups or, or to groups of people Mm -hmm. and I say to them, you know, I just want you to understand what it, what, what the, what the, what the organization feels like, just like you have tons and tons of organization that collect, um, clothing for people in need or furniture or um, food from catering halls or, or, or even picked off the, you know, from right. the fields. We are a very, very similar organization, only we deal with, you know, with eyewear. So just to mm-hmm. understand what it, what it means, you know, we, we do, th- that's the same thing. It, it's, it's salvaging um, a resource that you can um, use for somebody else. Um, and this is the field that we do it in where, where there was a really big niche in Israel. Can you tell us about some of the challenges you face as a not-for-profit uh, with public sentiment or just thoughts in general about recycling and uh, where you sort of struggle with getting the word out that you do this and, and what the Israeli population thinks in general about organizations like this? Okay, that's a great question. Um, I know that in America, let's say, by way of comparison, there are organizations that are very big on recycling where everyone gets it. So let's take, for example, you'll have Goodwill Charities, okay? Mm -hmm. And their slogan, I'm going to mention their slogan, is donate stuff and create jobs, Okay. okay, and every everyone gets it over there. You donate your stuff, and you have helped not only to have them sell on your stuff for like a few pennies, right? Right. But you've created jobs by doing that. You're giving jobs to people who might be from you know the weakest sector who are able to man these you know these this this chain of stores who um and and uh, so, so you've created jobs for them. You've obviously uh, you made good use of your old stuff that you wanted didn't want from your home, right? right? Um, I think people understand that concept so well in um, in Western countries. In Israel, I believe um, it's a it's a little more challenging. Part of the reason might be we're just a smaller population, so we feel every bump. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if we tried to use a slimmer, similar, similar slogan and by saying, because we we have created jobs, by the way, for in our own organisation, we've created jobs and That's we've amazing. also given given a place to volunteers, right? Okay. Uh, which, which I can mention to you. Uh, yeah, in, we'll talk about volunteering in a yeah, minute. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> um, but if we were to try and sell that idea, donate your glasses to create jobs, I think, I think people would be very, would feel like, what? I'm going to donate my things so that you guys can make a business of them. You know, like <laughs> it just, it just wouldn't work in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the challenges um, where people are, you know, more cautious, maybe feel like I don't want to be a friar, which basically means I don't want to be like the idiot, the fall guy, the idiot right. who's going to, you know, you're going to make something out of me so so there is a small element of that at the same time I, I must say Rebecca and this is so super important for your for the line of work that you do that people generally are so um, enlightened and attracted by the idea because it's so easy um, to help an organization such as ourselves everybody's got someone in the family who wears a pair of glasses right. and everybody will be changing their glasses at one stage or another and has something that they don't need anymore right. so wow that 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 idea has such appeal um, you know I personally um, have been wearing glasses yeah. since I was six years old in the first grade so 
I definitely yep. have gone through a lot of glasses. I tend yep, to so, so on every level and every in every family. I think there's someone who, yeah. who this feels to. It's true. I tend to uh, wear my frames out until <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't okay. get any more use out of them. But definitely, I uh, there have been times when you know you buy a pair and it's just it's not the right prescription or the fit is just not right and you know it sometimes it's just not right. Yeah, yeah, so totally. I totally understand totally. passing that yeah. on for, for those in need. So let's talk about who can come into your clinic and buy frames and get an eye exam and where are you located? How, how can people come in and get eye exams or, or what exactly can they get from you? Okay, so number one, where are we located? We are in uh, the Sharon area, in the at the junction of Ranana and Krasaba, which means we're we're in on the border of both. Okay, um, we actually started out in Ranana. We had an office there for one year before the store itself opened or the eye clinic itself opened. Okay, um, why are we on the border? I think it's an important point. We we didn't, you know, you asked before about challenges. One of the challenges also, and, and then I'll answer this question. Um, it, is just not being a threat seen as a threat to optometrists that may sound strange to to, to people um, in North America because because the uh, the population is so large over here as I said every bump you know in the in the system can hurt right. so if we're under the noses of an optometrist and, and right and you know you know they sort of they, they can they can tend to feel oh are we taking away their business um, are we doing something are we undercutting them and, and going to harm their business which is really really not the case so so we're located really not under the noses of anybody um, we are incidentally not a threat whatsoever because we've got a different product a different clientele you know we'll take anyone they cannot help okay. you know happily um so we're located over there in addition to the actual eye clinic in and at uh, ranana junction we also go out to other areas because we feel like we need to reach people in areas um in a concentrated way so that it to save them having to travel to us um okay. There are people, I can say, there are people who come as far north, and I'm no ki not kidding here, as far north as Kiryat Shmona, which is really wow, close to it's the really far. That's the border. Far yeah. northern border, border, all the way down, and I'm not kidding either, all the way down to Eilat, so we have had customers. Wow. Okay. So, but, but we do understand that there are people. I thought I was are, coming from far. I came from Haifa. Yeah. Oh no, you're, you're close by. I'm close. <laughs> but there, but in addition to that, there are people who for them, the trip would be a little prohibitive. Mm -hmm. um, so um, we actually go out ourselves twice a month to Natanya, once a month to Rosha Ayin and once a month to Petah Tikva. We've also done other areas as well, like Rehovot and other areas so that in a one day um, stint, in a one day event, we could actually eye test, you know, some 20, oh, 30 awesome. people and help them on their uh, premise, you know, help them over there where they do the eye testing, they order the glasses and within a week or two, they get them all delivered back there to the same place. So, so um, we really, you know, extend our reach that way um, and, um, and, uh, are able to address, you know, the needs of people from, from a really a very wide geographical area. 
Um, when we do that, and this answers your question, we also work in cooperation with local charities there. So it could be a local food charity where we work mm -hmm. with, let's say, in Netanya um, or in Rehovot or whatever, or in Petah, in Petah Tikva. And in all those places, they have direct access to, it's not access, but it's really, they, they know, you know, who's exactly, they, yeah, who's in need. And all they have to do is really spread the word to, the, to their people on their lists. You know, not only can you get food through our organization, but you can get glasses once a month or twice a month or whatever. So make your appointments and come in and whatever. So that's an immediate way that we, that we reach people in need. Um, whereas, with regards to here at the store, so people will come generally with a referral from their social worker at the you know, in the social services, or they will um, meet criteria in a variety of ways. Basically, they have to meet one one criterion uh, out of a, a whole list, which is actually on our website. Okay. Um, so if they have a low income, um, and that's defined on our website, you know, it's a defined exactly what that means per person okay. in the family. Low income, they may have disabilities. Um, they may be, it may be somewhat, uh, the elderly, um, a Holocaust survivor, uh, even um, new immigrants with financial difficulties, lone soldiers, um, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on. If they meet one of those criteria, criteria yeah, one of those criteria, we um, are very careful and respecting of a person in need and try not to probe too much such that if that person has um, a, you know, what's called a tudat nechut, which means a disability, disability, a proof of disability, okay, we definitely do not ask questions beyond that. We just, you know, that, that, that he, that's his ticket to being, a, you know, um, to receiving our services. Mm -hmm. um, or if someone comes through the social services, we ask the social workers specifically, do not detail their circumstances because it, we, we, we really like to, number one, respect the person and not probe into their things, you know, uh, right. too much. But number two, um, I, I think um, that a lot of people in this uh, targets, in this sector of the population experience so many challenges um, bureaucratically. It's bad mm -hmm. enough that they have so many challenges as it is, financial challenges, let's say, but they experience so many difficulties where in most situations they're asked to bring this form and that form and show all their de bank details and a million host of other things. We like to um, make them feel that we can help them as soon as possible, that they don't have to, we don't have to make them run around, that as soon as they have presented, you know, one, uh, a minimum, one, um, a document of identification of, of of eligibility that is mm -hmm. enough um, without our probing into their circumstance and making them um, feel uh, even more challenged. Right. right. Um, yeah. On that note, I will say also, you know, I think a lot of us have stereotypes stereotypes in our minds about what what a person in need might look like. Okay. Okay. And, and I and I ask this question when I speak to children, school children about respects, and I say, "What do you think a person in need looks like?" And, and often they will, like the young, the younger grades will answer, "Well, they've got torn clothing and they look sad and wrinkled." And then they have these stereo stereotypes. If I ask an older age group, um, they won't answer the question. And I say, "I know why you're not answering the question because it's very difficult to answer, and you can't always know from the outside what a person in need really looks like." Right. And we get to. Uh, 
you know, despite the fact that we don't probe and ask the questions, but a lot of people will share their stories with us, which we incidentally do documents. We've got tons and tons of little short clips of, of, of people saying um, a little word or two about their own circumstance and what, okay. how we've helped them. Um, but um, I, I think this, is a, this breaks a lot of stereotypes. And there, you can have per, people who appear to be well-groomed and well-dressed, but they have a really, really difficult situation at home, which they, you know, which they are, are able to successfully uh, you know, hide from the public eye. And they don't necessarily have to look um, you know, wrinkled and, and, and in, with, with torn clothing. They can look like, you know, they can even have taste in glasses because they, they are people as well. And, and, right. and you know, we, we don't expect them to receive handouts and say, well, okay, you have to take these glasses from, from a select group of, you know, from a select range of 200 frames. You have to take anything like this. We allow them the full... Um, Full, uh, full choice, full, right. yeah, full choice of, of just choose, choosing what you want because you also might have self-respect. You also might have um, a, a taste in fashion or, or a want right. or a desire or whatever. Um, and um, and, and I, th I think it's just important that people um, sometimes think through the, the stereotypes that they have in their own minds. People in need can, can, can uh, um, you know, you can't always tell from the outside, right. but they can. Some, some of them really, really have difficult situations, and some of them actually get rather emotional and, you know, even cry. Uh, you know, even cry with us when we when we you know give them a pair of glasses. And literally, I'm I'm not kidding here. And literally, um, see properly and well right. for, for the first time, time in years, yeah. in years, years, Amazing. years. So um, yeah. What about people who um, don't? have any disabilities or financial issues can they come in and buy a pair of glasses too okay so they definitely can we do not target this um sector at all okay. um if they want to come in we are only too grateful and happy um and i think we have a lot to offer um what we do is give them a little higher price range okay. um so they are still below the minimum below you know any um, market, uh, regular market uh, value uh, cost for a pair of glasses. What we say to them very clearly is their uh, purchase is actually a donation for the organization. So Rebecca, supposing you walked in tomorrow and bought a pair of glasses, I would say to you, you know what, it's easier for us to um, service you with a pair of glasses after doing a, a, um, a, professional eye test by a qualified okay. optometrist and we'll provide you a pair of glasses let's say where you are paying a little higher than the than the person in need but what you're doing is actually um helping to support our organization for that per person in need exactly um and um oh gosh i lost my train of thought no, um, sorry. right it's right here it is no it's easier for you to actually donate your your you know your 30 dollars to an organization where you're getting something right. in return than it would be for, to approach you and say would you like to donate your 30 dollars or your 50 dollars or whatever right. but also okay, i'm so doing something it's, good it's, because i'm exactly i'm doing i'm doing something good not only from the money but i'm also rescuing a pair of frames that would have otherwise gone to the garbage Exactly. So, right. so it's a give and get, right. um, really a give and get uh, situation over there, you know. So before we wrap up, Hannah, I want to know if you live in Israel, how can you volunteer? And if you live outside of Israel, how can you volunteer? That's okay. That's the best way to make an impact for respects. Okay. If you live in Israel... 
we'd be delighted to have you come and volunteer. Um, that can take a that, that takes a, a number of a variety of uh, uh, forms. Um, if you're in the Sharon area and you can and you can volunteer on our premises, we would always be uh, grateful. We always need help in uh, sorting glasses, in um, back office work, or, for, or reception work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, incidentally, we actually have volunteers from a very young age all the way up to the elderly. Um, some of the volunteers do something called a Tudat Bagrut Chevratit, which is a social uh, Bagrut certificate. And for uh, in, if they're in, let's say, the 10th grade, they do 60 hours a year of volunteering at an organization of their choice. And let's many just of say, those, I just want to interrupt yeah. you for one second and say the Bagruts are like uh, the Regents tests in New York where kids are taking these tests to help them uh, matriculate in high school. That's right. And, That's right. and the government actually provides an incentive or, or like a, 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 a sort of a higher grade sort of a certificate where they also do volunteer hours during their school year, which is a fantastic, fantastic opportunity, not only for them to give, but also to, to feel satisfied and to, and to feel like they're part of, they're, they're like, it's, it's like kind of a, also an apprenticeship or, or like a job, uh -huh. uh, what do you call it? Job ex work experience intern, sort of a situation. An internship. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's a really nice thing. So okay. we have volunteers, you know, from that age and, and below. Um, so, so that's one area of volunteering. Then another okay. area is in, in so many ways where we need help uh, with even deliveries. You know, someone will call us up from the north, let's say, and say, we've got, you know, 200 frames to donate. How can we get them to you? And, and things like that. Some Sometimes, or people come in from the states or Australia or whatever, and bring in glasses, but they but they need to actually reach our uh, premises. So things like that, collecting glasses or deliveries. Sometimes, you know, I said that we go twice a month to Natanya, so we need to deliver those glasses back. So sometimes things like that, where a person might not feel like he has a lot of time, but even once a week or once in two weeks to do a little uh, errand in a car or a delivery right. in a car, it could be something that appeals. Mm -hmm. um, another great way is to help um, connect us with um, you know um, places or organizations or whatever or, or, or bodies in overseas like abroad in, in America let's say so let's say we'll have a high school in America that does a campaign to collect guys glasses but we need the logistics worked out how does it actually get to us from point A to point B right. um, or someone might know an optician um, in a certain country and they might say, you know, um, I can connect you to and he might be able to donate you even cleaning cloths. You should just know we accept donations of in any aspect of this. Supplies. So it's not, yeah, yeah. Supplies as well. So it's not only glasses, but it could be cleaning cloths, you know, what you or can cases, have. A, right? You need yeah. Cases, cases, all of that sort of stuff, or even the chains that people use, put put on their glasses so that okay. they're for their reading glasses. Any of that could be of great value to us. Um, so connecting us with, uh, with people abroad, um, um, so, so, um, so if you're abroad, let's say, and you want to volunteer, even running a campaign in your local synagogue, your local um, community center, your local school, um, anything like that. What about a bar, bar mitzvah project or a bat mitzvah project? We've got uh, like tons of people who take on a, you know, a project for us for their bar or bat mitzvah. And it could be they run a marathon for us to raise funds, or it could be they collect glasses in the community. Or we even had two girls in 
in Ireland to do a, ba- a cake bake sale. Wow, that's awesome. So they, they baked 100 cakes to raise money for us. So, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, so uh, basically, uh, it, um, it's another thing also, um, even donations now. You know, every organization is, is uh, you know, has their needs and every organization is, is as worthy as another. That's my approach. So we know more or less worthy than any other. But a small $20 extra when you buy your pair of glasses and think, oh, my gosh, I, uh, if I added $20, you know, through my local optician, let's say, and that could reach respects um, to, so to, to provide, a, you know, a pair or two of glasses for people in need in Israel, you know, right. who are really, who really don't have, you know, that might be a small, a small, a little addition, but, a, but an, a timely way to remember, you know what, well, next time I buy a pair of glasses, I'll donate, you know, something for somebody else so that he can get a pair of glasses. Right. You know, so, 100%. so all of these are, are kinds of ways that people could help. Excellent. Hana, thank you so much for joining me today. I actually learned a lot and I hope that everybody listening found value in what Hana had to say and will consider donating and contributing and volunteering to Respects. You can learn more about Respects on their website, www.respectsframes.org. That's R-E-S-P-E-C-S-F-R-A-M-E-S dot O-R-G. Like I said, you can make a donation or donate supplies. I am yes. Go ahead, Rebecca. Can I add one more word? I mentioned somebody else's slogan, but I think it's important to say our slogan. Yes, and we have the slogan sharing the vision. Okay, so this this began with one small tiny idea, which was so easy for anyone to think up and and put into practice. Um, and we call it sharing the vision. Um, just you know, collect you you know. Collect your eyeglasses because that could help somebody else. And right. uh, in that way, we sh- share the vision, you know. Excellent. I was going to uh, tell everybody that I'm actually going to be in the U.S. Uh, soon. And if somebody has supplies that they would like to donate, please send me an email at Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at RebeccaSaltzman.com. Or leave me a voicemail with your number and I'll give you an address to ship to and I will bring back supplies to Israel. Um, just so that I think, because I think this is such a great and worthy, uh, organization and, uh, because I don't have a ton of stuff and I always have extra room in my baggage on my way home. So if you want to also book some time with me for a one-on-one service or set up a speaking engagement in your city, you can also reach out again, Rebecca at RebeccaSaltzman.com or leave me a voicemail. I am actually hoping to do a listener question episode soon. So if you have questions, also get in contact with me and let me know so I can answer them all on an upcoming episode. I want you all to remember Hashem keeps you organized. Have a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.